Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Hey guys, Steve here. You are listening to one of our original 26 episodes. If you've listened to any of our new episodes, you're going to notice that we're sounding a little different in these ones. Yeah, there's a reason for that. There is. They've been remastered. They have been remastered. Because they had a really annoying hum. Yeah, I mean, a huge thanks to uh, listener James for doing almost all of the legwork on this yes. thing. Yeah. You'll also notice if you had listened to what we're calling the Lost 26 episodes before, and you're re-listening now, the music and sound effects are gone. Yes, yeah. we've, we've gone back to straight audio. So, be warned, we sound a little different today than we do in what you're about to listen to. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh-huh. Bye. Okay, bye. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. As distinct from thinking, thinking sideways, the movie, thinking sideways, the novel. This is the podcast. <laughs> uh, so I am joined uh, by on my right, Devin. Devin. And on my left, actually straight in front of me. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So the gang's all here. And uh, we're going to talk about something very mysterious, an unresolved mystery from the 1970s. It is, uh, some of you may have even heard of this, the case of the Isdal woman. The Isdal woman was found dead in late November 1970 uh, near a town called Bergen, Norway, in uh, what's called the Isdalen Valley. The, the valley sort of tapers down towards this, mount called, this mountain called Mount Ulriken, which is to the northeast of Bergen. And uh, on, the, on the, that side of the mountain, it's called the Valley of Death. Oh. Yeah, I know. I, like, I was going to say, I was waiting for the connection of yes. like how Joe might have found this story. Yeah, yeah you've got a thing for the Death, death Mountain. Yeah, yeah I, I just go and type in Valley of Death, Mountain of Death, you know, River of Death. <laughs> Lake <laughs> of Death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lake of Death, yeah. Creek of Death, Toilet mm-hmm. of Death, you know. <laughs> and I always find something. So November 29th, on uh, on the foothills of Mount Ulriken, uh, a man uh, yeah, who's uh, apparently a professor and his two daughters were hiking and they came across the uh, remains of a naked woman who'd been hidden among some rocks. She was partially burned. There were some empty bottles, plastic bottles with smelled of gasoline nearby. Also a bottle of sleeping pills. So uh, they, uh, I don't know if they finished their hike or not. Presumably they walked back to town and got the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would make sense. <laughs> I would think so. And, and by the way, this place is called the Valley of Death uh, because there, there's a lot of trails there, which some of which apparently, according to a website I was reading about that was totally separate from this entire thing, uh, some of the trails are not very well maintained. It's considered, and they're, and they're rather treacherous. So that's why it's called the Valley of Death, not because corpses are found up there all the time. Okay. So anyway, so the police show up. 
and this winds up being the biggest criminal case that the Bergen police. It's, it's not a huge town by any means. And it's in the Netherlands, right? And no, it's uh, Norway. Didn't you say? Oh, Norway. Norway, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Yeah, Netherlands. <laughs> it's all the same. Same yeah. thing, yeah, really. Same <laughs> thing, really. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I mentioned they found some uh, plastic bottles reeking of gasoline. And they also found a partially burned passport uh, and, again, the sleeping pills. She also, and it turned out that upon um, upon the autopsy, that she had some of those pills in, in her. So she had taken a couple of pills, she had taken, presumably. She had taken several of these things, yes. Some more interesting things. I mentioned the passport and the sleeping pills. And this is one of those those dealios where I really, really would like to be able to see the actual police reports because, you know, the, what I've been able to round up is kind of spotty. For example, the body is, was naked, right? Mm-hmm. So were there any clothes nearby? There's no mention made of that. So was there burned know. up clothes in were there burned clothes near nobody... her? Because you said she had been burned, correct? That's yeah, where the, yeah, her the, body the, the gasoline been... connection is? Yeah, yeah, her body yeah, her, had been partially burned. Uh, presumably, they don't say what parts were burned, but presumably her, it must have been her, her head. Mm-hmm. Because they were not able to take any photographs of her face, you know, to show to people. Because there was nothing recognizable. Yeah, left. but apparently they were not able to get a photograph out of the passport that they found because that apparently had been burned. Also, it's probably huh. why it was burned. So anyway, it's a, they had a problem with uh, how to identify this person. Her her fingerprints had been sanded off. Uh, and did this, you did you ever find uh, when I was looking through this? I could never find. Were they sanded off prior to death, or had they been sanded off? You know, weeks in advance. I could never, mm-hmm. I was never able to pin down, was this like done to her after she was killed? Well, that's, uh, you know, one of the, one of the little, the, one of the little fragments of evidence that's in here leads me to believe it happened after she was killed. But, you know, there are people who are, you know, criminal types who don't want to leave fingerprints behind and they, they do sand off their fingerprints. It's not, mm-hmm. a, it's not totally uncommon. You can either use sandpaper or acid to get rid of those fingerprints. As, as far as when they were sanded off, later on they found uh, they found some luggage. I'll get to that, but they found some charts, some pieces of glass in the luggage, and mm-hmm. it, had, it had partial fingerprints on the glass. And police reportedly believed that those were her fingerprints, although they were, they were never able to use those to identify her. Oh, okay. But if police believed that they were her fingerprints, then that that makes me believe that somebody must have sanded off her fingers after they murdered her. That yeah. would make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, but again, I'm not 100 percent sure. Again, you know, like as in, as with all of these things, you know, little stray factoids that aren't really actually true mm-hmm. managed to get worked into the story by other people. Yeah. You know? And so, so as far as the pieces of glass with the fingerprints, I don't know if that's true or not. Who knows if any of this is true? Um, who knows if Norway even exists? <laughs> it might be a big old hoax. I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, as I said, she had an aut- they did an autopsy on her. Uh, she had suffered blunt force trauma to the neck. And this was, this was apparently the cause of death, or if not the cause of death, then certainly a contributor to it. Then again, they discovered several sleeping pills in her, in her system. Uh, they looked at her teeth and they, they tried to find her using her dental records and they were, and that came back nil. They were not able to identify her that way. There was evidence that she had, that had some dental work done in Latin America. Uh, wait, how? Yeah, how? How do you what know that? You, tell? I, I, you know, this is, this is again something I know that like certain things, like, you know, for example, if you get dental work done in Russia, 
it's kind of obvious apparently because it's kind of crude. And okay. I, it might be, you know, and I, I, I was not able to find out how they knew it was anything to do with Latin America unless customarily in Latin America perhaps they use different materials for fillings. Um, or techniques maybe. Or different maybe. techniques, yeah. I, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that was, again, that was one of those things. Yeah. I, I questioned how do you, how did you make that connection because mm-hmm. it's not stated anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, uh, enough of the dental work. They, uh, I'm going to skip ahead to the ending. They, they eventually wound up concluding that she committed suicide. What? Uh, yeah, now this is this is somewhat controversial, but uh, let me get back to their investigation though. They first of all, they they were asking around all the people she stayed at several hotels. She had actually come and gone to the town of Bergen several times and, and meanwhile gone off and traveled around Europe a little bit, returning and while she was there, she tended to change hotels often and off, and sometimes within hotels she would change rooms. Hmm. So interesting behaviors. Yeah, so that's they, a lot. Yeah, so they the police asked around at all the hotels. Um, they they got descriptions from people. I mean, based on the bone structure, they were able to see in her in her face from the autopsy and everything. And pairing that up with with a police sketch artists and, and descriptions that hotel mm-hmm. employees gave them, various other people, they were able to put together a composite sketch of this person and show that around to people. They, so anyway, they uh, they continued with their investigation. Eventually, the Eventually, it led them to the train station in Bergen, where they found in a locker, they found two suitcases that <gasps> belonged to this woman. Yeah, I know. Oh, this sounds so okay. Sounds so much like uh, Tom, Tom and Trude. Trude. I know. Do you think they might have been related? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Was his girlfriend? <gasps> she was the murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- Something shrewd, but anyway, I haven't checked. Actually, I need to get a globe out and find out if, like, if like this town in Norway is exactly exactly on the opposite side of the Earth from Adelaide. It was Adelaide, yeah, Australia, mm-hmm. where he was found, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, they they go, they find these suitcases, major find, but then they find to their chagrin that the labels had all been removed from all the clothing. What? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> no labels. Uh, they found a bottle of lotion, which was apparently prescription only, but the 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 label had been peeled off. And in the lining of one suitcase, they discovered 500 German marks had been sewn in. Hmm. Yeah. With orange thread of a weird type? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No? We don't yeah. know that part. <laughs> so uh, they found a few pieces of broken glass. Why you keep broken glass in your suitcase is kind of beyond me. But they found, uh, these are the ones I mentioned earlier, they found partial fingerprints on the, those pieces of glass, which they believed to be hers, and but they were not able to use those to identify her. Again, this, this leads me to believe that her fingerprints must have been sanded off the scene of the crime. Although, you know, maybe they ran out of gasoline. Do you think they could pour gas on her hands and just light them on fire? It'd be a lot easier than than sanding her hands. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. this is this is obviously a murder, and the suicide theory that came yeah. up by the police. I mean, I'm I'm going to discount that right away because. I don't take sleeping pills and then throw myself onto a rock and bang my head and then light myself on fire. This Pour just doesn't. Gasoline, while yeah. I'm yeah. naked, this just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see if somebody botched burning the fi- the body, then mm-hmm. they would go for okay, what else can I do? Well, sanding the the fingerprints off seems like a hard way to do it, mm-hmm. rather than. And I'm sorry, this is gruesome. Chopping the hands off. Chopping the hands off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that true. Would that be would be an easier, easier way to take care of the problem. But mm-hmm. then again, you got to get rid of the hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, maybe maybe they forgot to bring their hatchet. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But that luckily, must have been luckily it. they thought they they thought to bring their sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. It could, okay. it could very All well right. be. You know, I mean, what a lot of people don't realize about about human bodies is that they're almost all 
all water, and then then the, actually burning a human body is a lot harder than it than it seems. It's it very be. difficult. Yeah, and so they probably had a couple of bottles of gas. They threw them on there, and then she just didn't you know go up in flames like they had hoped. And so and they had then unfortunately they had no gas left over to torture hands with. I so one of them had to go back to town to the hardware store and get some sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, this is weird. Okay, yeah. continue. On. Yeah. Continue so on. anyway, so um, so on the basis of uh, the, all the various witnesses who had met this woman, they were like I said, able to put together a composite sketch, and uh, they were they were published in the local papers, and uh, they were also disseminated uh, across Europe via Interpol. And they were able to actually put together um, uh, quite a quite a bit of her travel itinerary between between Interpol and between uh, various inquiries that police made, and also they found a diary that had some coded stuff, coded references. Which they <gasps> broke. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know they, they broke it. They, yeah, broke they, it. They, yeah, they yeah, they broke the code, not the diary. So uh, they were able to decipher some some of this and and, and sort of figure out her travel itinerary. Uh, they found out that she had traveled around Norway and across Europe. With with eight or nine different identities, different names that she gave. Whoa! Yeah, that's a and, lot of names to uh, keep straight. Yeah. yeah, seriously is. And according to some reports uh, in the luggage, they found a bunch of a bunch of different passports from different countries, all in different names. Uh, I don't. I'm kind of discounting that because if they had found the passports, they would have had photos of her, and they wouldn't have needed to put together a composite sketch. That's a good so, point. Yeah, so I, I hadn't even think, made that connection. That's a great point. Yeah. So they have they discovered all these different names. That she had signed into hotels using and stuff like that by using again police inquiries in her diary. So she went to let's see, she she was in March 1970. She was in Norway, stayed in Oslo, went to Bergen, stayed at the Hotel Bristol under two different names. In Oslo, she used uh, Genevieve Lancier, and then she was Claudia Tilt in um, in Bergen, uh, and then moves to the Hotel Scandia, same name. And then goes uh, and then winds up leaving Bergen and traveling eventually to Germany, stays there for months, and then eventually got back to Oslo in October, early October. After after staying there for a brief amount of time, she wound up going to Paris, stayed at a couple of different hotels in Paris, and then eventually made her way back to Bergen, Norway, got there at the end of October, uh, where she stayed at yet another hotel under yet another name, and then uh, left Bergen and then wound up coming back under and staying in a hotel under yet another name. <laughs> While she was in Oslo, she stayed she stayed in a hotel under a name the name very Jarl. She gets to Stavanger, she stays at a hotel called uh, Fenella Lorch. Uh, eventually, he gets back to Bergen, stays at the Hotel Rosencrantz, using the name Elizabeth Leenhauer. She and had a lot of names. She had a lot of names. Uh, so on the uh, on the, the morning of November 23rd, she left the hotel. She paid. She signed up, paid in cash, and asked for a taxi. She apparently went to the railway station, which is where she when she dropped off her two pieces of luggage, mm-hmm. and she and that was the last anybody saw of her alive. Her body was found six days later. So back to her, her many names. She also used wigs. They found wigs in the luggage, and some of the some of the people at the hotel said they had seen her wearing various wigs. Um, according to some accounts in the luggage, they also found eyeglasses, non-prescription, probably used just for uh, altering her appearance. appearance. Yeah, uh, and again the, the diary with the cryptic entries. Witnesses said all. Also, that she had spoken several languages, French, German, English, and Dutch. She, as I said, stayed in many hotels and many, often changed rooms. She usually, in signing in, would indicate that she was a traveling saleswoman and an antiquities collector, which is suspicious. 
Hmm. Well, not really, but uh, yeah, they described her as thirty. <laughs> Those antiquity stealers, odd bunch. Well, that seems to be the standard cover for spies. You know, antiquity really? stealers. Oh yeah, don't you watch movies? No. Okay, so anyway, according to the, the staff um, at the hotels, she was described as as thirty, forty years old, uh, attractive, about uh, five foot four, five foot five, with wide hips, small eyes, and. That's about it. She's, they said that she uh, seemed to be kind of on her guard and stayed in her room a lot. They took the clothing and the suitcases, which, of course, didn't have any labels in it, but they showed it to some clothing retailers, and all they were able to say is that it appeared to be Italian clothing. So apparently she had a taste for Italian clothes. Huh. There was a connection she'd been witness, uh, witnessed hanging out with, apparently, an Italian photographer, whose name eludes me at the moment. But anyway, this uh, this photographer uh, supposedly had given her a lift, according to some accounts, had had dinner with her. Uh, one other account said she spent the night with him. And so, again, some of those funny little factoids that worked their way in. Uh, to the story. So anyway, the police interviewed him. He said that the woman said she came from a small town north of Johannesburg, South Africa. And that's she, a that's a hard accent to fake. Mm-hmm. That would be a South yeah. African accent is a hard one to fake. Mm, yeah, but I, I so. swear when I was reading on this that people said she had a quote unquote unplaceable accent. Mm-hmm. If she was fluent, what was it, three, four, five well, languages, like German, something like German, that? German, French, Flemish, and Dutch, I think. Yeah, so she had she had a lot of languages under her belt, which will mute out an accent on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it might that might be why they said, I can't place this accent, yeah. because mm-hmm. if that's where she... I, we're presuming that she was telling the truth or this guy is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. If that's where she came from, then she learns all these other languages. She's going to water down that accent just yeah. Like, yeah. unintentionally or intentionally. Yeah. And yeah. Nobody's going to know what she sounds like. Yeah. Well, it's also quite possible this is Northern Europe, too, and, and, and an Afrikaans accent is probably an unusual one that most people wouldn't recognize as opposed to, you know, say a German, French accent, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very so true. That, that could be another, another possibility. Uh, anyway, besides... Uh, uh, the Italians saying that she had been from, was from near Johannesburg. She told him that she had six months to hang out in Norway and didn't didn't elaborate on that anymore. Um, and so that's about all he knew. So that was kind of a dead end. So when she checked out of her room, she paid in cash, as I said, and was never seen again alive. And the the only other part of the story, well, there's a couple of other parts. Supposedly, 32 years after the fact, a local 26-year-old man, 26 years old at the time, uh, was hiking around in the same area with some friends. And I, I'm kind of discounting this because, I mean, the guy waits 32 years to come forward. It's like, uh, you know. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's questionable. You're yeah, right. Yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and tell his story anyway. So uh, on 24th of November, that, was, that would be at the day after she checked out of the hotel, this guy was hiking with friends uh, in, this, in that area and supposedly came across a woman of foreign appearance who was uh, – her face was distorted by fear, he said. Um, he said he was that she was dressed elegantly and ex- and very inappropriately for hiking. So and and it, that seemed a little bit mysterious to him. And what does elegantly mean? Probably yeah, dressed, like an evening uh, like gown, like a formal gown or something yeah. like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm thinking at least a dress. If yeah. nothing, if nothing else, maybe not a you know big poofy prom dress, but just a Probably dress a in dress, general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so he sees her. She looks she looks very scared uh, and is dressed in formal wear. 
and uh, they pass each other, and she says she she moves her mouth as if she was going to say something, but then uh, decided apparently not to. Um, and also, she was being followed by two black-coated men who also looked foreign. Huh. Yeah, I know, I know. Did he uh, did he report that to the police? Not until after the body was discovered. And this is the thing that I find kind of incredible about it. And said, so this is guys. This is a young guy, twenty six years old, with friends. She's all by herself being followed by some guys that are going to murder her. Why doesn't she just like you know, say, hey, guys, I'm going to hike with you. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, seriously? I mean, wouldn't you do that? Yeah. I sure as hell would. That's another reason I don't really buy this story. But apparently after he heard about the murder, he contacted the police and he recognized her from the composite drawings they saw in the newspaper. But he said that the policeman that he spoke to basically said, quote, forget her, she was dispatched. The case, the case will never be solved. And so he basically took that advice and forgot about it. And then 32 years later, apparently decided to come forward about it. Huh. Yeah, I know. It's a little fishy. So I'm not, I'm not really buying this. Yeah. But I thought I'd throw it in there because it's just part of the legend. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, that sounds hinky to me. Yeah. There was a, um, a Norwegian television network did a little story on it in 2002. According to them, um, Special Branch, which is apparently Norwegian intelligence, was, was involved in this case, they claim. And that might be when this, this, this guy came forward because 2002. That's about 32 years after the case. So mm-hmm. he, he might have been part of it. The story, I didn't see the the obvious, the, the television story about it. I just right. read about it in the papers, and I didn't see any mention of this guy in the, in the newspaper articles. But according to this, uh, Special Branch was involved, and even though apparently the police were follow, following some promising leads, Special Branch basically told them to cut off the investigation and just label it suicide. So this is this is what they said. Oh, so so what they're saying is basically they were they were told what the answer was and just yeah. to let it be. Yeah, basically not to follow oh. it any further. Although I guess that you know goes along with the, that young man story, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess there are some circumstances in which you don't speak up. Like you know, maybe those guys behind her had guns and she knew it and she didn't want to. Uh huh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Involve an innocent. And, yeah. yeah. And not, what he, I mean, not just that, but you know, involve a lot of innocence, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like it's not going to save her life. It's just going to get other people killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's true. Very if that's noble. the case, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. That was very noble of her. But uh, <sighs> uh, but but another thing I, I find incredible about a story is that the the cop would say something like, you know, forget her. The case will never be solved. You know, the cop. If the cop was truly being warned off by a special branch, wouldn't he say something like, "Well, thanks for the info, sir. I'll put it in the file." You're not going to yeah, say something but, as blunt as. but if the as, guy if the guy comes forward and he he tells somebody, and then they keep acting as if they've got no other information, and he pipes up again, mm-hmm. and he says, "Well, I talked to you know Officer Kowalski over there, and he you know he took my statement." Mm-hmm. And then Kowalski said, well, uh, "You know it." it makes this it, it just snowballs on itself yeah possibly although you know kowalski could just say look you know the guy said she was being followed by two two foreign looking men in black coats so what was i supposed to do put it on an apb on foreign looking guys in black coats you know? <laughs> okay <laughs> it's, yeah it's that's kind of a vague little story you and your <laughs> logic finding the right news podcast can feel like dating it seems promising until you start listening When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, so anyway, it is a, a big imponderable mystery, and I've decided that what we need to do is one of us needs to learn Norwegian, uh, and the other one, another one of us needs to get a, like a second job to save up the money so we can fly to Norway and then read the police files. Why don't we just make a time machine? Yeah, there we that go. That would be easier. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay, Joe, so we've got this account of what happened to this woman. Uh, and this is one of those stories, as you mentioned, where things work their way into the story and it um, changes. Often, yeah. I came across completely different accounts of this story. I don't I know did if too. you Well, did. yeah, I, I, I forgot to mention that there was another account where she wasn't found on the mountain at all. She was found in a hotel room with mm -hmm. a body stuffed in a fireplace, partially burned. Right, and yeah. they found, and in that version, they say they found not the nine passports. The nine for passports, her. yeah, yeah. And it was not only the uh, the five hundred German francs. Is that correct? Uh, marks, marks, uh, but they also found. Local currency, I think it was. So it was, mm -hmm. I mean, the details were the same, but then there was odd things injected into it. There was a monogrammed silver spoon, but the monogram had been carved off. Yeah, uh -huh. and then when they found spoons it, in her suitcase, in yeah, and, when they found her, yeah, exactly. And, and, the, yeah. and that one, I okay, I admit right now, this version that I'm talking about sounds like the fanciful version that uh -huh. got spun off, but yeah. it. It still makes me question the original version that we're talking about mm -hmm. and the details that we're finding in it. Mm -hmm. Although I got yeah, yes, the, the, the spoon thing I, I found especially kind of laughable because if you, you know, you, so you buy a spoon, you've already cut the labels out of your luggage, so you buy a spoon with a monogram on it and then you file it off. Why don't you just buy a spoon that doesn't have a monogram yeah, on it? Yeah, just go to Ikea. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, <laughs> it's just a plain spoon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know how but, ignorant that makes me sound, but uh, it just, it didn't yeah. make sense. I, I know that. They don't have IKEA at that time, <laughs> uh, but but it just it's it's really weird. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, you know, although the, the spoon thing, you know, the only explanation I can think of for that is that she was a bit of a klepto, and maybe she had a policy of, of nabbing a spoon from every hotel she stayed at. Yeah, that's to, possible. You know, there's people that do that do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. But I, I found uh, I, I did run across that, and I was going to mention that. So I thank you for bringing it up because I had spaced it off. But yeah. As far as, uh, you know, being found stuffed in a fireplace in a hotel room, I don't know. Like most hotel rooms, number one, don't have fireplaces. Uh, yeah. Actually, I mean, this is, what, 70 is when this happened, 1970? Uh-huh. And we're in Norway, which is kind of cold. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if hotel rooms had fireplaces. I mean, I've stayed in hotels in the states that have fireplaces. Oh, it does so I, happen. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say that it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible. But but what, yeah. So were there accounts of her every time she 
checked into a hotel asking for a room with a balcony? Uh, yeah, well, there was at one point, uh, she didn't always do that, but at one point, apparently, when she was staying at, I don't know, I don't remember which hotel it was, she asked to change rooms because she wanted a room with a balcony. That that just might have been a way to change, to, to get them to, to, get, a, to get a room change without yeah. arousing suspicion. I guess that's fair. You know, so that's that's probably what that was about. And then somebody said they heard her talking to a man in her room. A, a man across the hallway, and she said something to him in German. Yeah. Like, I'm coming, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, again, that doesn't... I, and I was, There's so I, many, yeah, like tiny little weird details. Tiny little things that, that don't really don't really shed any light on anything. Which yeah. is why I didn't mention they're talking to the guy. Yeah, I just think they're out. you know oh. they're interesting because you know we're just talking about how it's it's hard to tell what's true and what's not true in this story. So you know I think adding like any little detail we can, you know, who knows what's the real one and what's not the real one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's, you know, that's the beauty of this kind of stuff. You know, it gets people all fired up and people start fictionalizing it. And next thing you know, it's all polluted. Yep. And uh, it's hard to say what's real or not. But it's interesting, though, that the Norwegian media has gotten sort of involved with it. And, and actually, uh, in one of the articles that I read, they actually questioned somebody from Special Branch. And who basically said they wouldn't comment on it. So that was about it. Plausible and, deniability, or yeah. just maybe they didn't know anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's entirely possible that they just you know weren't involved and knew nothing about it. I don't know. I feel yeah. like just it's so much easier in cases like that if they don't have anything to hide, then just don't have anything to hide. It's and thirty say, years later, and say no, we mm-hmm. nope, we weren't involved. Yep, sorry, we, we know nothing about it. Yeah, not. Uh, oh, I can't comment on that. So yeah. what what theories, Joe, do you have on this? Uh, I mean, what what the heck is going on here? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at a little bit of a loss. I know that there's a, there's some talk about her possibly being a spy, but I'm not shocking. Sh- I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the thing about it is, is uh, and it's, it's entirely possible she was a spy. But spies don't do suspicious things like things like sanding off their finger their fingerprints. Although, again, if they were f- filed off. Sanded off after her death, and that might explain that. They don't. There's no, that seems like the sort of thing a spy would do. No, that would that would attract attention at borders and stuff like that. Oh, all right, yeah, that's yeah, fair. That would that would look suspicious. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to is that when you're a spy, you're supposed to just never attract attention to begin with. That's fair. Well, in the the spy theory, uh, what is what you and I had talked about this before? What is there's a book that's in Norwegian, yeah. about this, and it's what the heck is the name of it? The, <sighs> It's Operation Isotope. Unfortunately, it's in Norwegian and it's never been translated to English, as far as I know, anyway. And so, yeah, there was talk about her, like, you know, like attempting to buy radioactive materials and where. Hey, that sounds familiar, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> where the evidence for this, you know, came from, I don't know. I, I, oh, my I God. I can't read the book. I don't know Norwegian. I have a new theory. You do? Okay, let's yeah. see. Yeah. Remember Rio, Rio de Janeiro lead mm-hmm. masks case? Lead masks, yeah. They were the foreign looking men. In black coats. <laughs> that could have been it. Um, I think the time frame is a little They off. time traveled. They time traveled. Oh, that's, that's right. right. They time traveled. They teleported they time traveled and time over there. That's why she looks so freaked out, right? Got it's it. Because they, they just appeared out of nowhere. Got it. Started following her, and they said, we need the radioactive material. And he, she said... We don't. I don't have radioactive material. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm not the radioactive material you're looking Lord, for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so and they what, got uh, mad and killed her, and then killed themselves. What uh, What other theories have we got on this? Uh, you know, I mean, she could have been. Uh, I could. I could see where possibly she could have been maybe um, a courier for, say, 
a crime network, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so, or a drug cartel or something funny yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's entirely possible. That would be an that. easy way to to transport drugs uh, across borders mm-hmm. if it's your quote unquote. These are antiquities, mm-hmm. and look at these old vases that I have. Yeah, and then they're just crammed full of whatever drug it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that would make total sense. Yeah, because the the procedures for checking stuff were obviously not as stringent mm-hmm. as they are now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they uh, probably would have, been, would have been fairly easy to do that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. She could have been smuggling secrets, uh, radioactive materials, who knows what. But Although smuggling radioactive materials just uh, sounds like kind of an unhealthy thing to do. Yeah, that's yeah, probably not, not a long-term solution. Yeah. Not a good career choice. Yeah, there's also there's other possibilities. Another one is that she was just kind of an itinerant, you know, heiress type of person who had enough spare cash laying around to travel around in Europe, and, and she just ran across across the wrong person and was murdered for some entirely random reason. That that kind of stuff happens, too. Oh, stepped on yeah. somebody's toes, basically, or yeah, or made the wrong person mad? Made the wrong person mad or just happened to you know, like make friends with the guy who turned out to be a serial killer. Oh. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, I mean, yeah, that, I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like that one either. Yeah, no, uh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of not a lot of like hints or clues that really point us anywhere. That's why again, one of us needs to learn Norwegian, <laughs> so they can read that book. And the other one, not and the other one of you needs to learn Norwegian, so you can read the police files. And then we'll like you know shed a little light on this. Whole there we thing. go. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. But this uh, this case actually did attract the attention of no less August, an organization than Cracked. <laughs> and they, they, they actually actually wrote a little thing on it. Uh, they, were, they were mainly focusing on the bungling of the investigation by the police, especially they were a little credulous about the whole the whole finding of suicide. Although you know, if you if you believe these reports that came out in that 2002 report, and special branch actually did get involved and basically told them to back away and declare a suicide, well, maybe they're not bunglers. They were just you know told to declare it a suicide. Although even at that, that doesn't make any sense because when you think about it, it would have made a lot more sense to tell them to declare it to be a murder, an unsolved murder, because those things do happen fairly frequently. But unsolved murders would have a higher probability of being reopened in the future. Oh, yeah. yeah Whereas in a suicide, well, it's a suicide. Uh-huh. We don't we don't go back and look at cold suicides because we know what happened. Yeah, that's, that's true. But at the same time, given the facts of the case, you know, that's going to arouse a little bit of suspicion. If somebody, if somebody strips naked and uh, files, their, files their fingertips off, douses themselves with gasoline, and then, and then bashes themselves in the back of the neck while lighting themselves on fire and eating sleeping pills, I hadn't forgot about that. Yeah, that looks like a kind of a clumsy way to commit suicide. It's a heck of a juggling act. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah it's a Additionally, like her clothes would be there. You would think. Well, she might have stripped them off and just run naked around for a while. She's like, I'm going to die. I might as well run naked in the closet. <laughs> that's for true. A while. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Did uh, the way it was February? Uh, it was November. November. In Norway. Yeah, that's in Norway. I can't yeah, nice risk day. Yeah. yeah. It, it could have been that she was she was running around naked and she uh, started uh, um, started freezing to death. And uh, what was that? You remember the the Yatlov uh, case? So mm-hmm. I forget what that condition is called now. When you, hypothermia. Well, it's hypothermia, but the, the the actual mental condition that develops from hypothermia. Oh, where, where you think you're warm. You or, think mm-hmm. you're warm. Yeah, exactly. So maybe she was running around naked and started thinking that she was like really cold, and then decided, "Hey, I've got some gasoline here. I'll warm myself up with a little gas." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, nonsense. This I know. is not this is not holding water. I yeah. was, you know, I was willing to say it was like an accidental suicide um, uh-huh. before I read about the. 
burning situation, right? Because like, mm. all right, somebody takes like a bunch of sleeping pills and like goes a little crazy, takes all their clothes off and slips and falls. Sure. Yeah. And then douses themselves in gasoline and yeah. Although I guess only plausible scenario I have here is somebody takes sleeping pills so that and they're going to commit suicide by dousing themselves in fire for whatever reason. That's the method they've chosen. All right, fine. Mm. So they take sleeping pills so because they think it'll hurt less or they'll just like fall asleep and then burn to death or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Set themselves on fire, slip, fall, yeah. kill themselves on accident. But it seems like there would be more burning maybe. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's still not working. Yeah. Still yeah. not working. Yeah. That's, those are the two places I can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's puzzling. Well, there, another theory is that, no, that I made up just now. <laughs> she, she decided to uh, take the sleeping pills and also drink some gasoline. And then uh, and then just because the gasoline would kill her on top of those sleeping pills. And then she uh, decided to smoke one last cigarette uh, and uh, lit herself on fire. And Yeah, no. I know. No. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the first of not, a mystery that we have not actually solved. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Not it's a first, a, but kind of a disappointment. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a first in Joe's mind. True. Yeah. Okay. He okay. always solves that. Yeah, That's true. Always. Joe does the answer. Yeah. We just are never on board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what about the chupacabra? Did I mention the chupacabra? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, she was being followed by two foreign-looking, dark-clothed chupacabras. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. So the, there we go. Mystery solved. The chupacabra once again. That's the end of our episode. I know it makes you sad. It makes me sad too. If you want to contact us, if you have any information about this case, and I'm sure one of you does, there's somebody out there probably with special branch who participated in this cover up. We want to hear from you. Contact us at thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com. Check out our website, thinking sideways podcast.com. Find us on Facebook. And of course, find us on iTunes. And while you're out on iTunes, uh, grabbing episodes left and right, be sure to leave us a rating. We like those ratings and make sure it's a good rating. <laughs> <laughs> and also leaving comments is also much appreciated. Yeah. We always love to hear from folks. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. We do like to hear from you folks. Oh yeah. And also, by the way, don't let me forget Stitcher. Find us on Stitcher. So there's so many ways to find us. So many ways to, <laughs> We're so many all ways over the place. We're super accessible. Us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this week, folks. So long. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 